This is Wayne Goldsmith, and welcome to Sports Thoughts. I've spent 25 years traveling the world, working with some of the world's best athletes, coaches, and teams, trying to discover what it is that they do, how they think, and what it takes to be the best in sport. Subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com to keep up to date with my thoughts on sport. Okay, welcome to Wayne's World. It's Wayne's World with Wayne Goldsmith. From the beautiful Gold Coast of Australia, where the pools are always clean and the smiles are always wide, it's uh, Wayne Goldsmith. How are you, mate? Yes, yes, very good, very good. Looking forward to our breakfast in a little while with a very good friend of mine, a long, long time mentor, Bill Sweetnam, a bit of a legend in swimming coaching. It's always a challenging starts out as a coffee and normally ends up as a four- to five-hour tirade on what's wrong with sports. So I'm getting myself <laughs> mentally ready for Bill this morning. Good on you, mate. Well, you can uh, you can do that by uh, by having a yarn to us. We've opened it up this morning, Wayne, uh, and invited our listeners to uh, either ring or text with questions for you. Uh, I hope that's okay, and, and uh, we've got a, a few in already. So if it's okay with you, I'm just going to rip straight in. One is, um, one is a, a topic that you and I have talked about a lot, but just a bit of clarity needed. Uh, from from one of our listeners here. He says, Hi, I'll be coaching my eight-year-old's football this year, so soccer. I know it should be fun, but is it okay to push winning as well? And to what extent? What would you say to that uh, to that question? Well, I don't even know if you coach eight-year-olds. I think it's a little bit like herding cats, isn't it? It's just hopefully get them pointing in the right direction. But the, the, the themes, and, and I think I've said, in the last few weeks, and I'm doing some work a lot here with the NRL, and we're looking very, very closely at how we coach kids in that 6 to 10, 6 to 12 age range, and then part of that research is being seeing what's happening in the Football Federation Australia and talking to their head of coach development and player development there, and the, the patterns are very consistency. The message says the game is their teacher. We're more or less there just to keep it safe, make it fun, make it fast, smile for the parents, do all those things that we need to do as coaches, but the game is their teacher. The drills aren't their teacher. The running between cones isn't their teacher. The sit-ups isn't. That's not the thing that's teaching them how to be better players is the game. So let the game flow through. Don't do warm-up and run laps and all that stuff. Come in and immediately start playing the game. Put mum and dad in the goals at either end. Get out there as a coach and run around with them. And the game goes all the way through the training session. It's almost like another game than an actual training session. And if you've got to stop and feel like you need to teach a few skills, well, do that for two minutes. If you find that they're not passing very well, you can have a game where they invent rules like you must pass it four times before you're allowed to have a shot. There's a million ways of creating a fun and enjoyable environment where the game is their teacher and flows through it. In terms of winning or losing, sport by its nature is competitive and people will always keep scoring. Don't be afraid of talking about that, but it's important that that's not stressed as the only thing. And the final thing on that point is that whether you're a coach or a parent, treat winning and losing the same. That's the message that comes through to the kids that if it's win, 
and people jump around and go crazy and high five and shout them McDonald's on the way home. The kids associate, well, this is a good thing. I need to win. This is great. You've got to do the same thing if they lose because otherwise they build this association that winning is everything. I'll be loved. I'll be valued. I'll be appreciated if we win. And if not, people don't talk to me. I don't get the same level of affection. So if you're going to prize winning, you must treat winning and losing exactly the same. Really good advice. Hope that was helpful. I'm sure it would have been. Here's your next one. Question for Wayne. With sport pathways becoming more elite and professional across nearly all sports, correlating directly with participation numbers dropping, as parents, what can we do to keep encouraging kids to remain active within their sports regardless of their ability? And he adds, or she, sport in rural communities is integral to the upbringing of kids. The current direction we're heading in, it'll be the death of kids and rural sport um, if uh, if we, we carry on with the numbers dropping the way they are. So I guess the, the guts of the question, Wayne, is, is, you know, with participation numbers dropping and so much focus on, on the, uh, the A team or the first 15, how do we keep our kids involved regardless of their ability? Yeah, that's probably the central question. I think I've said, point I'm about to head off to England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and I've got about 30 engagements over the, the six weeks. It would be fair to say that 75% of the engagements where people have asked me to talk about rugby or swimming or sport generally across those four nations is about this question, and, and it is a very much a global issue. I've got a feeling that sport will become more and more polarised. It will end up seeing small pockets of high-performance centres and centres of excellence. And that, that'll be smaller and smaller and more focused as funding for that area dries up, which, again, is a pattern happening in a lot of places around the world. And that participation area will get increased funding, particularly at local level. The point about rural and regional communities is so powerful. The effect of the number of kids dropping out of competitive sport in rural and regional communities, Australia, New Zealand, around the world is phenomenal because the, the, the two or three areas in all communities have been the church, the pub and the sporting teams. Schools, of course, but they've been the lifeblood and, and the, the strength and the glue of communities around the world is their sporting teams. And if you've got less and less kids involved and at, at the the top level that we're seeing that uh, district areas and regions are less capable of sustaining high performance programs so there's less competition they're not seeing so many role models in the area it's a significant challenge in answer to the, to the question the only only way that i can see forward at the moment is we've got to focus on what do the kids want why do they play sport some of them play because they want to go to manchester united some of them play because they want to be all blacks but the majority play because they love being with their friends, they want to get fit, they want to learn things, and they want to have a great time. And if you focus on those things, if you as a coach or a parent and you're looking at training sessions, you think, hang on, is this fun? Are they learning anything? Are their friends here? Are they learning skills? Are they getting fitter? If you can answer those questions, the kids will stay in the sport, no matter what level of ability or skill level they've got. If you're looking at saying, oh, these kids aren't winning, uh, it's only going to appeal to two or three people in the room. It's often, I say, Pony, it's like talking to a room full of people about vegetarianism. And you can get up there and talk about vegetarianism, but you're only talking to 5% of the people, if that, because they're the only ones 
that are motivated and interested in living that lifestyle. And if you're talking to a group of kids and say it's about winning, it's about success, it's about the top level, you're only really talking to a small percentage of that group. We know the majority are not motivated by that. They're motivated by friendships and family and enjoyment and fun and learning and all those things are far more important. So focus on those things above all. You've got a rare chance to ask Wayne Goldsmith some questions either via phone 0800 or on the text 5009. Uh, question from Gig. This is around senior sport. It's rugby pre-season at the moment. What are two or three things you would try and coach or implement at a senior level to kick off a season you know, during pre-season? Wonderful question, and I'm doing a bit of that at the moment. Number one is it's about we and not me, about being selfless. So finding another person in the team, maybe if you're a back rower, the other back rower, or if you're in the back, it could be relationship between the guys in the centres, could be anything, but find at least one person in the team and put their needs, their training, their goals ahead of your own and seek the same from them. So building a selfless environment where it's about us, it's about we, it's not about me. And that selflessness spreads through the team and it's incredibly powerful point. If you put your teammates first, if you're encouraging and supporting them and they're doing the same, you become invincible. Second, when you're doing anything, don't count the repeats that you're doing. Don't count the push-ups. Don't count the bench press. Count how you're actually doing it. What I mean by that is you can be, you can say to everybody, come on guys, we're going to do four sprints. And typically you'll see that some of the players will do one good one, two slow ones, one good one, or four slow ones. Or Every so often you'll see one player that gives everything they've got to everything they do. That's the culture to inspire really on that. Whatever they do, they do it to the best of their ability. If they do 10, then those 10 are exceptional. If they do uh, running or drills or technique work or breakdown work or whatever it is, that you create an environment as a coach where everything they do, they do to the best of their ability. That's without any doubt. And believe it or not, recovery. If you could improve one thing in the majority of football teams and rugby teams, get more sleep, eat eat, eat better, make sure you're hydrating effectively, do some meditation work as you're falling off to sleep, stop taking your bloody smartphone. Sorry for the swearing, because I got very excited about it. Stop taking... Stop taking your smartphones and tablets to bed, players. Stop taking your electronics in your bedroom. It is affecting your sleep. And if you can make an impact on selflessness, if you can make sure that everything they do, they do the best ability and convince them to get better sleep and stop allowing electronics to control their life, you'll have a much better season. That is Great advice. Three pieces of wonderful advice. I'm sure many people are taking that on board. Scotty, you've got a question for Wayne. I did like that cell phone one. That was brilliant. <laughs> yep. That was brilliant. I found I could get my wife to do that. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, just a quick question for you. Um, now, I, I coach a, a team at an at a, at a under-23s national tournament most years, uh, again this year. Um, the team is spread all over the country due to universities, you can imagine, and also some of them playing overseas. Uh, at uh, colleges over in America and things like that. Um, when we come together, we try to try to keep it really quite simple, um, you know, training-wise and play-wise and things like that, should I say. Um, but 
we always seem to finish around about that sixth spot out of 13 teams, which is pretty good when you think the team doesn't train and things like that. But they have spent a lot of time together previous year, you know, in high school and things like that. So they know each other really well. The things I try to do with the team is just keep it really, really simple. Keep them playing uh, passionately, obviously believe in themselves, you know, go back over what they know about the game and I let them play. And they seem to really flourish in that environment is the fact that they get to play. They're not getting told how to play the whole time. And um, we keep it really, really fun and enjoy each other's company when we get together for that week for the national tournament. Just wondering if there's any advice that you would give me as a, as a I guess you would say, a part-time coach that could perhaps elevate our game again to another level that, you know, we probably, you know, don't have the time to be able to put together that program as such that would be a really, really good one for a national tournament that others may get to do. Is there anything that I could do that you think that would be beneficial to the team? Yeah, I'm going to pinch a line from a good friend of mine called Andy Friend, who's now coaching in Ireland, used to coach with the Brumbies and prior to that had coached with the London Harlequins. He said in that situation, you're after the three three key principles, simplify, clarify, fortify. Simplify, fortify, clarify. So you're absolutely on the money, Scotty, is keep your instructions, keep your plays as simple as possible. Don't worry about the wild behind the head things and upside down and throwing things up and down, uh, speculators, just keep it really simple. Clarify instructions over and over again. Just simplify, clarify, and then fortify means defence. There's not a lot you can do to change attacking patterns and inspire talent and attack with such a short period of time. But all great teams are built on defence, and defence is about enthusiasm. It was a lot, I think, I pinched from Wayne Pierce, the rugby league player from years ago, and they asked a question about defence, and he said, that attack is about talent, defence is about attitude, and you can control attitude. And I, I, I very much would say focus on defensive patterns, um, uh, moving together, working together, communication in defence, strengthen, fortify your defence, and everything will flow from that. I think when you bring teams together, everyone's looking for the miracle play, and it's a rep team, and everyone's looking for something different. But... Great victories are born by just outstanding defensive patterns, defensive plays, simplify, clarify, and outstanding defense, which is very much about attitude. Good stuff. Thanks, uh, Wayne, and thanks for your call, Scotty. All the best with that, with uh, clarifying, simplifying, and fortifying. I know you'll uh, you'll put it to good use. One final question I've picked out here of all the ones we've come in. Uh, Wayne, we won't have time for all of them, but one here is uh, is quite good. Uh, how do we keep kids motivated in minor sports? The example they give is surf lifesaving, which uh, I know is huge in Australia, not quite so big over here. Uh, they enjoy it, but it feels, or they feel a bit left out of major sports like rugby, etc. So how do you keep... Uh, Keep motivation high in in the uh, in the minor sports. It comes down to relationships again. I don't believe that if if you're in any relationship, it could be personal or business or family or sport. If you're if you've got a great relationship with a coach, a great relationship with the other athletes, a wonderful relationship with the club, your families are connected with it. It doesn't matter how much advertising and marketing the big sports throw at you. You're connected to that sport or that activity. The surf lifesaving is under pressure here. Don't be, uh, don't kid yourself that it's not. They are certainly even at nippers level. They are under enormous pressure at grassroots. They're trying a lot of marketing ideas and a lot of ideas to try and grow it. And they're all starting from the top. Let's get more people excited about the beach and the sun and the weather and all those wonderful things. 
But in the end, people stay in relationships because they're loving what they're doing. They're feeling value from the relationship. They get meaning for them. They, they feel loved and accepted. Very basic human needs. So for the kids in those sports, concentrate on the relationships they have with the people, the coaches, the officials, the, the friends in the team, the people around it, the senior athletes. Focus on building great relationships on fun and enjoyment and that will withstand no matter how much marketing pressures come in from rugby and netball and cricket, they will continue in that sport. Wayne, thank you so much for uh, for agreeing to take some listener questions. I know it's a lot more difficult when you don't know what's coming your way rather than being able to prepare for a topic. So thank you for uh, for lending us all of your expertise. Go and enjoy your breakfast, mate, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up again next week. Anytime, mate. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.